right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ganas Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to welcome on a good friend, Brock Cunningham. Brock, welcome in, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, just tell the people who you are, because this is a big day right here. Um, Brock Cunningham, played basketball at the University of Texas, grew up in Austin my whole life, always wanted to be a Longhorn, and uh, ready for the podcast. I'm excited. <laughs> I love how prideful you are of being like, I'm from Austin. What's it like to be a native Austinite? Because I feel like that's pretty rare nowadays. It's awesome. Watching the city grow and just kind of having a, a life experience of being one of the best cities I've ever been to has been amazing. Growing up here is unbelievably special to me. Oh, man. I bet. And so have you just seen over the years the city change and everything get larger and maybe roads get a little more busy and stuff? Yeah. I remember times when... You know, there were big skyscrapers and all these condominiums and apartments where they just weren't there. Just trees, yeah. nothing but there, like grassland. Out by, my, out by where my mom lives, there was almost nothing. Now it's a metropolis. Yeah, so I'm from Fort Worth, and so, you know, in my little neighborhood, there was houses. But if you get out of that little neighborhood, all you would see was horses and cows and pasture. Yeah. And as far as you could see, it was more pasture, and now it's like housing development. Yeah. So... I wish back in the day I had that awareness to be able to like, this is beautiful, like this is a piece of me. So really excited to have you on. And then I just saw the tattoo, so you got to tell me a little more about the tattoo. Like, it's sick. Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got um, two on my leg and I've got two on my wrist. Um, all different meanings, different inspirations, but it's just kind of a fun little fun little thing I picked up being on the basketball team, being, on, being in college. So it's just something I'm probably going to explore more down the road. And do you think at some point you'll have maybe a sleeve, half sleeve? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I'm more focused. I really haven't thought past the one that I have right now and just trying to make <laughs> that look good. So we'll yeah. see We'll see how it goes, maybe work it up a little bit, but I, re- I haven't put any thought into that. I love that. And I love that when I asked you about it, you were just like, I got it. I think it looks cool, and that was it. Uh, you'll meet a lot of people when they have different meanings for their tattoos and I bet that'll come someday Mm -hmm. but right now it's just like I'm rocking with these two lines yep so I wanted to ask you you're from Westlake um there's a big rivalry with Lake Travis so what is that like and is it similar to OU Texas rivalry um starting with the Westlake Lake Travis rivalry it is it's a fun one it's one that I've watched since I was a kid and uh Lake Travis used to absolutely run it in football and in basketball but Recently, basketball and football at Westlake have taken it over, and that's been a lot of fun to watch. But comparing it to Texas and OU, it's hard to compare a high school rivalry to, I mean, one of the biggest rivalries, most historic in college sports, which is OU and Texas. So for high school, I think it's unmatched. But for college, OU and Texas, different level. Yeah, it's. I know that uh, red rivalry games... As an OU student, I would go out to Dallas, and you don't remember some of those weekends because you're just having so much fun out there. But depending on who wins, it's weird walking out of the Cotton Bowl, and you look to your left, and there's a UT fan, and they just lost, or I just lost. And there's this weird, like, tension where you never know what might pop off. So have you ever seen that in person, and, and yeah, what's it like? Uh, I haven't seen it in person because basketball season doesn't allow us to go because we're in the middle of a preseason practice. And then when we play OU for basketball, I'm in the locker room when, when the tension is <laughs> rising outside. So it's something that I haven't gotten to witness, but I know about from my friends, family, and just hearing about it. Yeah, so I know that when I was a student, I would go to Lloyd Noble. And so I was at OU at a very strange time because I think some of the best athletes that have ever been there, like Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, you had Buddy Heald. I saw Trey Young his freshman year. So all these like weird things. But I remember when UT would come into the Lloyd Noble Center to play basketball, it's this incredible feeling and, and just like the trash talk that you would see and just the fans, how rowdy they would get. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like to be on the court and feel that? It's amazing. Um, a couple years ago, I had the opportunity of playing uh, OU at OU, um, and we ended up winning on a last-second uh, three-point buzzer beater I with Matt this. Coleman. Um, and that was surreal to be in one of those college moments that will get remembered for a long time. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so that was amazing, and being someone that watched Texas and OU growing up, being able to hang my hat on a game like that was amazing. Especially at your tenure, because you'll look and people have a certain amount of years there, and they may have been great players there, but they didn't have moments there, and so that's a moment. And so how do you handle that that moment on the court or when you step on and you feel that environment? How do you, like, stay focused and, like, and perform? Because, you know, I get nervous about things or anxious, and it's almost like my vision becomes a little shaky. Do you ever feel things like that, or have you adjusted to it? Uh, as a freshman, it was hard to stay focused. You start thinking about all the different variables and things that you can't control. But once you get a little bit older, you get more relaxed with the situation, and then you just figure out what works for you. Some guys, you know, bask in the attention of being on the court. Some guys just put their head down and get to work and try and win the game. So it's all about different systems that work for you. I like that. So it's real systemized. And do you think just experience and having more reps, whether in the offseason or just working out on your own, it's preparing you to be just kind of automatic in the moment? Almost. There's a, it, it's, there's nothing quite like playing in front of 10,000, 12,000 people. So yeah. you can shoot as many shots as you want, and that will help. But when you step out and people are yelling your name, <laughs> saying nasty things, like it, it's a different atmosphere that you have to have the experience. I mean, that that's the biggest thing. Just having experience in yeah. moments like that is the most helpful thing. Uh, there's a saying in training, but repeated exposure to the stimulus allows you to respond better. And so that's what it sounds like you're saying. Um, so you mentioned nasty things that you've heard people say. Do you have maybe a story of maybe the weirdest or just most rude thing someone's ever said to you on the court or has someone thrown something at you? Uh, I've, I've got some funny ones. Uh, when I was redshirting um, in 2018-2019 season, I would sit on the end of the bench. I would wear my track suit. <laughs> and um, at TCU, the, the home crowd is right on top of you. I mean, they're probably eight feet really? behind you. Yeah, and they're elevated, so they're screaming down at you. It's kind of a bowl there. <laughs> so when they fill it up, it gets loud. And these guys were peppering me the whole game. <laughs> I remember one time, um, and the, there's some fruity language in here that I'm not going to say, but he, he was on me. He goes, Brock, your shoes are tied awfully effing tight for some guy that's red-shirting you big, dumb, like just absolutely riding me. And I just... Gave him a thumbs up. I was like, all right, that's a good one. That's it really good is a good one. one. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just on me the whole game. And then they, I guess I found a, a niche with them because every time we go back, they're still on me. Really? Still on me, yeah. So they must like you for some I, reason. I guess. But they, they have. I think they have the funniest crowd. TCU does. That's interesting. I would not have guessed that in all the Big 12. Yep. The TCU kids are the funniest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just so funny. That's such a small detail they locked in on. But now now that you say that, I do remember being in student sections, and I remember seeing people next to me looking up the roster numbers. Yep. And then he can just really personalize some yep. of these insults. Um, who else would you say in the conference has been pretty pretty funny towards you? Um... Not, uh, TCU's really the only funny one that makes me laugh. Uh, we've got, um, I mean, really every, I mean, there, there have been moments in every arena where it's gotten rowdy, where it's gotten a little crazy. Um, I mean, literally everyone. There isn't a single one. All the way from Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, like there have all been some crazy moments. So the Big 12, I, I think, is one of the best home and away series and all yeah because basketball each each place is so different and so it's funny you mentioned tcu the dome because that's where i graduated in high school Mm -hmm. so i can i know what you're talking about and then i hear that uh gallagher eba is it Mm -hmm. gallagher eba in oklahoma state i hear that's an incredible place to play at yeah when you uh walk into uh the oklahoma state arena it it's hard to uh i mean those seats are straight up when you're looking at them from the court it's kind of like you think to yourself, how do people sit in there? When they fill it up, that place, it, I mean, it, it gets going. Really? Yeah. And so what helps you um, during games? Like when it gets going, it's hard to hear, I assume. So is it just signals that like you're looking for to know what to do in the moments of the game? Or is it just like practice and it's like, all right, in this situation, this is what we're doing. You automatically go into it. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's more just knowing, knowing what you're doing. In big games like that, you tend to have, you know, a little bit more experience and, you know, the practice comes in hand. Um, and it's just you kind of know what you're doing. You kind of, you, 
just work through. It's a, it's hard to describe because in basketball sure. you don't have, you know, these set times to call plays and stuff. It's going and going until you get a foul, free throw, or something like that. So it's hard to describe other than you've just got guys that have been there before and know how to work through it, silence their crowd, go on a run, you know, handle their run, their crowd. So it's just a, it's a unique position to describe. That's really interesting. And so I've always wanted to ask, you know, like a basketball player, a high-level basketball player this, but how important is that shoot-around when you're traveling away? Because what I think about is, you know, it's a different arena, so there's different colors, there's different lighting. When you're looking at, like, the hoop itself and the goal, does that actually play any type of difference for you, or is it all the same wherever you go? It's all the same. Uh, You are right. The lighting is different. The court is different. But the guys that are playing these games – have played thousands of games, different lightings, different gyms, mm. you know, different refs everywhere. Going back to when we we're like six or seven, so I mean that's just that's yeah. just part of the game and something that we've become accustomed to way back, way back. I love that you mentioned that because the reason I really wanted to ask that was, I think it was in twenty seventeen or something. OU made it to the final four and we get ran by Villanova, and one of the excuses I heard was, and again I'm not a player so I don't know, but. They went and played at the Toyota Center, and, and it, that's an NBA court, mm-hmm. and apparently it was different for the players. So, like, Buddy Hill didn't do well, Isaiah Cousins, like, nobody did well, and I just always wondered that, like, for all these years. Yeah, um, that, I mean, I, I've heard of that, and I've been in the big arenas, um, you know, where the Knicks play, where the Nets play. Oh, interesting. And, and those are as big as they get, as historic as they get. Yeah. And I didn't. And I'm not Buddy Heald. <laughs> those guys were amazing. But I uh, I didn't think there was a huge difference. Yeah. Um, but everyone's different. You know, how you perceive what's going on is different. So maybe, maybe yeah. it impacted them. Personally, I don't think so. I love that you know Isaiah Cousins because he was always someone I was very fond of. I was like, that's a great player. So I want to pivot and I kind of want to ask you, you know, you go to Westlake and it seems like I've been able to coach a lot of athletes from there. And it seems they just have this expectation to win and to get stuff done. So what was it like going from a place like that in high school to going to UT? Was there any big changes for you? Or was, you know, what was a big difference between, you know, Westlake culture and then UT culture? It's, it's, uh, it's similar, and you're right. Westlake, uh, they've done a great job of winning across all sports um, in the past five, ten years. So there is, you know, a strong encouragement to win. And if you don't, you know, it just... I mean, it just, I don't even know how to describe it. Teams at Westlake win. And then going to Texas, uh, it's similar in that you're expected to win, but the fans, uh, they care a lot. So when you're not winning, they, they voice it, their opinion, but I think it's worse than them not caring. But True. When, uh, when we're winning, there's nothing quite like it, and it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this season with what we're going to do on the court. I know, I can't wait. Now, I want to get into that a little later about expectations for the year. When you were growing up, did you always know that you wanted to play at UT as a basketball player, or were you open to other options, you know, going maybe out of state and playing somewhere else? It's funny. As a kid, I always thought I was going to play football at the oh. university. So growing up, I always hung my hat on being a better football player. And this is young, not high school or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got to high school, I transitioned to basketball, and uh, that love for Texas football carried over into Texas basketball. It was always something at the back of my head that I knew – I would want to do. Yeah. And so I imagine growing up, you know, you're getting to see KD play, and that's a, a big culture piece right mm-hmm. there. And then did you, I guess, did you see Mo play at UT? Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting to me. Yeah, so I got, uh, I know Mo pretty well. He's a funny guy for everyone that's met him on campus. <laughs> Super unique. Um, and he was in town, I think, a week ago, but he was a special player at Texas, too. His dimensions are unbelievable. Seeing him on the TV screen doesn't do it justice. He mm. is he's free. Yeah, physically. It's, it's really interesting. And so I want to talk about um, that, that time we were able to meet mm-hmm. APA. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that four or five months, six month experience we had together. So <laughs> we basically trained and worked out for six months mm-hmm. at a gym. What was it, four times a week? Yeah, I think so. What was that environment for you at Austin Pro Academy? And it's put on by Christian Placencia from Durable Athlete and Zach from Better. Um, Dur- 
BTY. Yeah, better BTY. than yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry. Um, what was that experience like for you? It was awesome. It was uh, during it was during COVID. So I think that was what like two, three, two months into COVID is when we really started mm-hmm. uh, working out. So everything shut down. It's hard to find a good gym. It's even harder to find uh, a location with good athletes, good competition yes. in Central Texas. And um, I ended up texting KJ about what he was doing for workouts because <laughs> I was coming off a pretty uh, bad ankle injury. So I kind of had to nurse it back. But, I mean, that whole time was amazing. We would, I mean, there. I think I would leave my house at 5 in the morning mm-hmm. some days and drive 40 minutes to Buda <laughs> and then work out and stay there for a bit and go get food with the guys. And it was almost like a like a college team almost. We were hanging out on the weekends. We were hanging out on weekdays, going to eat and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I'm still close with all those guys. It was a special bond, that first group we had, because yeah. it was super competitive. People wanted to be there. We had pros. We had good college players. I mean, that was serious basketball yeah. for, a good, for a good while. Yeah, I'll always look back. And I think the more time that passes is the more I appreciate that first group was mm-hmm. incredible. I remember some days we'd walk into the gym and the lights were still off, yeah. you know, or, or just random funny yeah. things. And we'd be, you know, uh, getting on the gym owner and all that. But, yeah, you're right. You have some of the top high school athletes in the area that are competing with overseas and college players and even pro players and it was just such a beautiful experience and you're right like y'all are all hanging out and it was kind of like a, a camaraderie about it so i really enjoyed watching that and it's a huge family feel as well yeah, yeah. yeah. so special times um so now i kind of want to talk to you about your your focus that you had in the off season um you come off a great year last year i was watching you and you, you make pivotal plays and it's good to see you kind of just grow into that role on the team. So what was a big place that you wanted to focus on this offseason? Um, this offseason, as far as my game, what did I want to focus on? Shooting, shooting being number one. Shooting and my conditioning would probably be uh, the two aspects um, that I've, I've worked on most this offseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this might sound like a dumb question, but how do you go about attacking that you're like okay this is an area and is it just like putting up shots literally like all the time or is there more to it oh there's a little bit more to it um the new coaching staff that came in have helped me a lot um with my mechanics and then there is i mean practice makes perfect Ten thousand hours you have to shoot to get your shot better um so i've been doing a lot of that and then again with the new staff being in um, i'm approaching the best shape i've ever been in Mm. and we're a little over a month out of the season, so it'll be exciting to see what what I can do yeah. uh, with my conditioning. Uh, what have you noticed on the court? You say that you, you know, best shape of your life. What's, I guess, the biggest difference? And then what was, what did the new staff kind of help you focus on, I guess? Um, stuff that I've noticed is just I'm able to just move faster for longer, and I'm the strongest I've been on the court, most flexible. Um, so just trying to move and be as fluid as I can and then with the new staff it's just the main thing they harped uh, this summer for the past this summer moving into now for the past I guess five months is that you can do more it's, mm. a, it's a cliche but the way they push us they make the times difficult so you have to push yourself like nobody's yeah. going to be fresh running it nobody so you really have to grind through it and do the mind over matter and get past it so that's one thing I've learned with them is that I'm capable of so much more than I would have previously thought. Yeah, and I think you hear stories about it all the time, about like Navy SEALs training and things like that, where it's like you keep going and you keep pushing past what you think you're capable mm-hmm. of, and then you find this like new gear. Yeah. And if you're getting constant exposure to that, then that's a good sign for the season mm-hmm. because you can kind of gut check in times yeah. when, you know, maybe in the past you wouldn't have. And I'll say even when I, I gave you a hug on the patio, I was like, Brock's a little bigger now. <laughs> uh, how much weight have you put on, I guess, in the last maybe year or something? Um, I haven't put on uh, any. I'm, I'm the same uh, that I was last really? season. Naturally, we've tried to get me up to 215, but naturally I'm 210 to 205. Um, and it's the craziest thing. I, I'll eat, I eat more than anyone on the team. You know, I take care of my body. I rest. And my body just doesn't want to get above 210, but I'm getting stronger. Each week we get stronger. Um, you know, I can run further, so we've just kind of found a good equilibrium at 205 to 210. I like that, and I think that's really exciting, too, that you feel like you're almost at that pinnacle of 
what it's like to be like, all right, I'm at my best. And so you're talking about grabbing a rebound or, or going into the hole. Like you can receive, you know, physical contact a lot better. Yeah. Because you have a, how would you describe your, your playing style? Let's say you're at a dinner party and someone says, Brock, what's your playing style on the court? What would you say? I just play, I would just say I play hard. I, I play hard. <laughs> I, I, do, I, uh, I do the little things, and um, that's kind of what I hang my hat on. So just yeah. playing hard and doing the little things. I, I used to get a, a small glimpse of you. You know, I'd be coaching, and I, I'm training these other athletes, but I kind of peer around that corner because I'm trying to see you go against Mo or, like, mm-hmm. other people. And you just have a knack of finding yourself at the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're going to make your way there. Yeah. I've never seen someone that's just so physical to get somewhere. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I love that, though. Where, did, where was that? Like, is that a skill you developed, or did you always have that about you? It is a skill that I developed. Um, my freshman year of high school um, got hurt during football season, so coming mm-hmm. into basketball, I missed close to half of the season so I'm watching the whole season I actually played with Jared Allen who's with the um, yeah with, with the Cavs now um, wait so, so you played with Jared Allen at, at St. Stevens so okay I, uh, middle school and my freshman year of high school were at St. Stevens and I got to watch him and some other really good older players when you're a freshman the seniors are men like in your <laughs> eyes like everyone's been I was like God, I hope to be as good as those guys one day so I would watch uh, practice, and I would just watch the ball come off the rim time after time. So I figured out, it goes here, it's going to bounce there. If it hits here, it's going to mm-hmm. go right back. Um, so I just watched that. And then when I finally was cleared, I had no basketball skill. Broke my collarbone, couldn't even shoot, do anything. So I would just carved out some time for myself by playing as hard as I could. As hard as I could. That's what I did. Get a rebound, throw it out. Get a rebound, throw it out. Maybe put it back up. Right. Yeah. So I just and then I figured out it worked. You know that yeah. playing that way worked, and I've never looked back. And would you say at that time you were you had the height, you know, but you were just very raw talent that wasn't kind of refined yet. Yeah. Yeah. I was about um, probably six four or six three at the time. How tall are you now? Six seven. You're six seven. Yeah. Have you grown since APA? Because yeah. you seem taller. I was like, damn, Rug, did you grow? Yeah, I, I've grown in the last year, which is crazy thing. I'm 22, and I grew. I mean, like <laughs> half an inch or a little bit more than that. Um, but yeah. You know what's funny is um, this year Jared Allen actually came mm-hmm. and trained with us, and he was so kind, so nice, oh. just uh, like such a great guy. Yep. Jared's a sweetheart. I mean, dating back to when he was a sophomore <clears throat> and we first met, I mean, he's always been kind. I've, I don't think I've ever heard him raise his voice. Every <laughs> time I see him, it's just smiles, hugs, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just y- unique off the court. He builds computers, zero drama. I mean, he's, he's a gamer. That's kind of the big thing that NBA Love that. now. Uh, but just a super intelligent guy, but also quiet. Mm. You know, just super interesting. I love that guy. So my first introduction to him was a couple of years ago. I see this guy on the nets, and he's destroying it. He's yep. killing it. And I was like, who is this guy? And they're like, Jared Allen. And then fast forward like a year later, he's in front of me. I'm getting yep. to train him. And again, just the conversations I got to have with him, um, just telling me how cool Brooklyn was. And yeah, I'd go to the Whole Foods. And yep. he's just such a yep. kind dude. So. And then it was really cool to see him and Mo interact because Mo was telling me that, yeah, like I've been coaching him for a while and mm-hmm. seen him grow up. So, again, APA is just a weird family bond and like people yeah. walk in and it'll be like, it's it's almost like a brotherhood yeah, almost. So, um, so let's talk about UT basketball. What's what's a big focus for the year? What's the, obviously a national championship is the goal, but what are those small steps that y'all have to do as a team to kind of get there? Uh, the small steps just... Winning, winning each day. You put, you know, a couple of days on top of each other. You look back, you, you go, damn, I had a pretty good week. Then you do that a couple more times, a good month. Then you do it one more time, good preseason. Then you're playing your first game. You do the same thing with the game, pregame, day before. And it's just winning those little details. Mm. And Beard's interviews, you'll talk about the little details with him. Co- uh, coach Beard, a new coach at Texas. And it's just about the details with him. He is a stickler for it, and that's a good thing. I mean, do you do you like that? I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it because he's not only building a good basketball team; he's building good people. Like when we leave, we're gonna be 
like we're gonna like the details, and that's gonna help us after basketball. Wherever you go, it's the details, it's the nuances yep. of whatever you're doing, and if you have the eye for it, you develop that skill to be like, that's off. Yep. I'm gonna approach that. Yep. Um, I do have friends that you know are huge Red Raider fans, and they were so sad when he left. Yeah, he's he seems like a big deal. He did some amazing things at um, Texas Tech. What are some of your favorite qualities about Coach Beard? Uh, he's genuine. He, he, he will not tell a lie. You could ask him a question that would hurt your feelings, and he, he'll tell it to you. Mm. I mean, he, he does not hold back. He's got a lot of energy, and he cares. I mean, he, he truly cares about our players. So it's easy to have that family atmosphere when your head coach, you know, your leader, new team, um, is just such a genuine person. It's, it's, it's easy to fall in line. And would you say that the environment around the team and the staff is one where you can ask questions or get feedback mm-hmm. or, you know, if you feel like you're being invested in, but you also feel like you can say like, hey, this, these are my thoughts on this? Yeah. Yeah, they, they do a great job of that because our team is, is so old. We've got most of our guys have played at least three years in college. Um, they're around 21, 22, 23 so they understand that we've got a good body of work that we've learned from that bringing it in. And the coaches are going to do what they want. They're the coaches. That's why they're here. But they're, they do a good job of explaining stuff to us, unlike being a freshman where it's like, this is how it's done. Go do it. They don't have to explain stuff. Yeah. And I feel like because of that, you're saving a lot of time. So then you can focus more on maybe plays or getting yep. shots in and things yep. like that. Yep. You're that's sick. You're 100% right. I like that. I have not thought about that. Um, so what are some, some qualities would you say that you've learned that extend outside of basketball being like a, just a person, right. That you got from learning in, in the game of basketball. Um, just the biggest thing that I think I've taken from basketball, one of two things. So the first being relationships. I mean, we met through basketball. If I don't play basketball, I don't meet you. So (laughs) there's just hundreds of little examples like that in my life where I'm so grateful for. I mean, some of my closest friends I've met through basketball and we'll be, I mean, we'll be friends for the rest of our lives. Um, so that's one thing that I've taken away from basketball. And then also the, uh, the ability to manage my life. So mm. college, college is busy for anyone. You've got school, you've got your social life, you've got stuff that you like to do for fun. And then for an athlete, you sprinkle in, you know, 20 hours a week with practice, rest, hydration, food, meetings um so being able to manage my time and still you know love being in college and love being where i'm at keeping a happy attitude good attitude is is that something that i don't know that i would have been able to get without basketball so i'm hearing time prioritization and then also relationships and then you sprinkle in the cherry on top which is coach beard's like attention to detail it sounds like you got a good life going Mm -hmm. i like that and so I wanted to ask you, so you're from UT or Austin area. What's it like to kind of be playing basketball for the University of Texas? But also, since you're in the conference, you're getting to play around, I'm sure a lot of the top talent you played against in high school. Yep. What's it like to see them on the court? Uh, and yeah, I, I think that's such a cool thing. Yeah, it's funny when uh, the longer you play basketball, the smaller the world gets, it feels like. <laughs> um, because you see these guys that you played against in eighth grade and now some of them in the NBA, some of them you're playing for the fourth time this year going into our senior year. And it's just interesting because you just, you've seen them around. It's just like they keep popping up. Um, so that's fun. It gives a kind of like almost a, like a rivalry feel like oh, I got this many wins on him or he's beaten me this, this many times. I got to go get him this one. Like it's just little, little fun nuances that are a little interesting. That little spice. Yeah, I love it. I remember, so I played college baseball at a junior college mm-hmm. for two years, and a lot of those schools I'd go play around, like you'd see old teammates yep. or you'd see old people you play against, and it's really cool just getting to talk to people like that, you know, before the games or after mm-hmm. and connecting because it's kind of like a nostalgic feeling. Um, so this season, who are you most excited about to see in conference? Who do you think is going to be a really good test and, and someone that you're like, all right, this is a good vibe check for us right here? Um, to be honest, I mean, the, the entire Big 12, like the, there isn't, there isn't a down team this year. Everyone has talent. Everyone is capable. You see it every year. You know, you think this one team at the, at the lower end of the rankings won't beat the number one team. It always happens. 
Yeah. It always happens. Yesterday, even in college football, a lot exactly. of upset. My team almost got yep. beat by West Virginia. I was yep. terrified last night. So it's just you can't you can't single out one team that you're most excited for because you do that, and then in your head you're like, oh, I want to play that game. And then you end up slipping up on another, and it throws your season off. So yeah, it just I mean, every team is a war every night, and you got you got to bring it. And I, I really like what you said earlier about, you know, facing challenging times or how do you kind of respond to that? And you're like, well, just take it one step at a time. I have a couple of good days. Well, now I have a good week. Mm-hmm. I do that three or four times and now I have a great month. Um, I love that. And there's, I think his name is Andy Stumpf, but he's like a, an ex-Navy SEAL. And he says that's kind of what gets you through the training and just the job is you keep your world small yep. and you focus on those details. And I think that's, you have to do that to kind of just keep going and keep pushing. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see. I want to kind of pivot now. And we were talking about you're going to start your own podcast yep. soon. I, I'm excited for you because I started this two weeks ago now, and I have 14 already done. That's pretty sweet. Right I there. know, man. I'm, I'm really fortunate and grateful to have people that actually want to hop on and spend mm-hmm. time talking with me. Um, what's going to be kind of the goal of your, your podcast? I, I want to hear all about this. So, yes. Uh, starting my new podcast, hopefully in the coming weeks. Uh, it'll be called the Glue Guy Experience. You know, it's going to be based uh, for Texas fans and Texas athletes. Kind of a little little dream of it is to uh, get athletes from different sports to kind of talk about what's going on in their lives. But kind of emphasis not so much on sports, but actually getting to know people and mm. little little uh, tweaks about their life, little nuances that I think people would find interesting. Um, and then, I, of course, I'll sprinkle in some of the great people I've met in Austin, too. Kind of just make it an Austin, Austin-based podcast people want to listen to, do all sorts of different stuff with it. Yeah. Just super excited for it. I'm, that sounds so exciting, and I can kind of hear that. Sorry, everyone, there's a, a siren going through. But I can kind of hear that pride of Austin that you have mm-hmm. shining through when you talk about this podcast. Awesome. It went by. There you go. He, I live on, on the east side, and I hear that all the time. You wouldn't believe it, but mm-hmm. I'm used to it by now. Um, so when you mention athletes that went to UT, do you mean current and former? Yes, I do. Because yeah. I can I can see you bringing in Vince Young. Vince, yeah. you got to tell me about the 05 <laughs> USC National Championship game. Like, You can do that. Uh, if we get it big enough. If we get it big enough, hopefully you'd come on. I hadn't even thought about that. I would, I yeah. Mean, that's definitely something to keep in the back of the mind. Well, I was just telling you that I, I cold DM'd someone. Yep. And so, do you know the band Black Pumas? Yeah. So, I've been, <laughs> I DM'd their lead singer. I want to bring him on. He, he awesome. didn't answer me. But it's all about just kind of reaching in through yeah. people's messages because you can do that on Instagram and say, hey, this is who I am. I have this experience. Um, do you think you'll have merch for your podcast? Uh, eventually. Yeah. yeah well, uh, you know, through NIL, we're allowed to do that now. And it'll be a. Uh, It'll be fun to kind of build uh, build the brand, both on the podcast and my personal brand. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something I wanted to ask you about and I had kind of forgotten about it. Could you define like what that NIL is? I, I know what it is, but I don't know the letters or whatever. Yeah, so NIL, um, the letters stand for Name, Image, Likeness, and some legislation mm-hmm. that got passed uh, on the national level, at the state level, and then also within the NCA to allow student athletes to profit off their uh, image and it's something that a lot of people have been working for for a long time and it's uh, amazing that it finally came to fruition while while we're here yeah no I, I think and I've been a huge proponent of you know athletes being able to profit off of their name you know they're bringing in tons of revenue yep. things like that and it's like well it's about time they can you mm-hmm. know like, uh, again, I'll give the example, Rhett Bomar. It was like 04 at OU. He was a quarterback, and he basically got dismissed because, um, like, a car dealership kind of gave him a little deal. And but now that Spencer Rattler got two cars last week. Yeah. Did you see that? I did not. He got a truck and a car from a Ford dealership. So um, are there any NIL, like, dealings that you've been like, oh, that would be cool if, you know, maybe I could get a deal with them, or you kind of just staying focused right now? And uh, I mean, everyone thinks. There's uh, definitely some brands that, that I use every day that I, that I love that would be like, God, that'd be sick. If Do I you want to maybe mention one? Yeah, no, uh, H-E-B is, I mean, <laughs> I, people, people that know me well know how much I love H-E-B, and this is like, I love it. I go there all the time and just <laughs> pop in to get something. 
but like H-E-B and uh, you know what Carhartt is? Carhartt jackets? Yeah. I live for their stuff. I've got like 10 jackets there as hats and stuff. I use it to, when I'm outside doing all this wild stuff. And it's just, uh, those two brands would be unreal. But you strike me as someone that would really take that Carhartt to the next level because you're out in the cold, you're hiking, you're yep. you're this glue guy. Mm-hmm. You're almost like the ideal representative for Carhartt. Dude, I, I mean, I would love Carhartt. They're... <laughs> I mean, anyone that has worn Carhartt knows how great it is. I'm not trying to plug it. This is not a paid promotion. It is right not. Now. I love Carhartt. It is so good. <laughs> I have 10 jackets. I've got one when I was 15. I've still got it. looks brand new still, and I've beaten the hell out of it. So I love their stuff. I love that. Um, have you thought of – how does that usually go? Do you reach out to people and say, hey, I would love to do this for you, or is it kind of like they reach out to you? It's a little bit of both. Um you can reach out. Some companies, you know, seek you out. It just kind of depends. Um, and a lot of companies right now are kind of taking it slow because they don't know. NIL is the wild, wild west right now. Yeah. Nobody really knows what it's going to look like in a year. Um, so right now it's kind of a, you know, we're kind of the guinea pigs, the first athletes to go through it. So, so are, you, are you saying some stuff could get passed maybe like they restrict a little bit more? I guess it's kind of like an ebb and flow, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody. So it's just kind of a, you know, just kind of going with the flow right now. Interesting. I think if I if I was a college athlete at this time, um, I would maybe choose Stetson. I like their cowboy hats. That's true. It's that a very true. good cowboy hat. Very yeah. quality. Uh, I, I want to keep talking about your podcast. So what made you want to come up with this? Did you always know you wanted to start one at some point? No, I didn't. Um, what? It, I was listening to a couple podcasts, and I just thought how much fun it would be because I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. And it's just a great, you know, it's a great way to kind of build your brand, just let people know what you're about. Yeah. If, they, if they enjoy it, they'll listen. If not... Yeah, I'm still having fun. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) I'm just and just something that'll be fun, you know. Down the road, like yeah, a podcast, and if it was big time, it was big time. If not, you know, if it dies out after two weeks, so be it. But just gonna try and have fun with it. No, I I love that. I I think that's a really good idea, and it's something that I've had a ton of fun with. And so, there are specific people I'm really excited to speak to, and then there's specific people I'm amped. So you were one of those people. there's a guy that I know. So I went to high school. My friend Gressa, mm-hmm. her fiance, he lives in London. Oh, wow. And he is like basically the first person with two other people to like basically either sail or swim a certain part of like out there mm-hmm. in that part of the world. And then he's also a chef. Wow. So he's a top notch athlete. And then he's also a chef. And I'm like, I, he said he's going to come on. So I'm so excited. That's an interesting person right there. See, that's what I want to yeah. do. I want to give really interesting people like that. A voice on the podcast for people to get to know them and just see where it goes. That's, yeah. that's my like just meeting interesting people. Yeah, like um, the other day I have an old colleague. So when I did research in grad school, she's doing research at Florida State now for her PhD mm-hmm. in like the exercise physiology yeah. department. And she was telling me here on earth, like our blood flow, like I knew this, it goes through chambers and it's going up. Uh-huh. So that, that yeah, exactly. But in space, it doesn't. So that's why the heart shrinks. So basically, you got to figure out ways to exercise these astronauts, you know, by building things that can elicit the same effects as here. I wouldn't have found that out if I didn't interview her. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And so that's what I'm really excited about. And so you're talking about you want to bring on UT athletes, former and past, and then sprinkle in some, like, random people that you've met around. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so just some people I think kind of keep it local almost, different people. Uh, chefs, business people, you know, just, I mean, really anyone that loves Austin will contribute to kind of, you know, just loving Austin. That's really the main thing without uh, taking the athletes out of it is just getting awesome people to come on and enjoy being on podcasts. No, I love that. And um, obviously you got to get like your music. If you had a band or something that was like, you know, bro, we love you. We love that you played at UT. You're the glue guy. We want to offer up our music. What band do you think you would pick? Oh, God, I don't even know. It's a. Uh, I'm I'm not great with music, so because I'm so bad with names. Like I, <laughs> I have these songs that I love, but if you ask me who 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 sings it, I have no clue. Yeah, 
no clue. So it's just, it's kind of a silly thing, but bad with names and just can't remember the names of the bands, honestly. <laughs> I remember the names of the songs, but that's it. See, you strike me as someone that is, is known for doing something, but it doesn't sound like you want to just be known for that. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, I'm a coach and I'm a trainer, I'm a researcher, but I don't want to just bring on coaches on yep. and researchers onto the podcast. I want to bring people like you on. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an interesting perspective. What do you think are some things you'll get to learn while doing your podcast? That's the exciting thing. I don't know. You know, you you go into the podcast thinking one thing, you come out thinking of brand new, and then you have these new experiences. You bring someone onto the podcast, like, yeah, let's go do this and this this weekend, and I end up loving it. And then that's <laughs> what I end up doing for a long time. So that's kind of just not knowing is what excites me about it. Like, I have no clue who's going to be on it right now. No clue what's going to come of it. But that's that's what's fueling me to do it because I don't know. Yeah. So you like you like adventure, it seems oh, like, yeah. and you like the unknown. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people shy away from that. So I like that you kind of enjoy that. And so from my perspective, these last two weeks, again, it sounds weird that I, I keep saying two weeks because uh-huh. I've only had it two weeks, but yeah. I've done so many interviews already. Uh-huh. It's It keeps you on your toes when you're talking to people. You have to be present. And especially if you don't know people really well. Yeah. You can't zone out and then BS and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, no, you, I mean, you have to be, and that's one thing I'm trying to learn and do all the, you know, just talking to people is that, yeah, you really have, and if you do a bunch of podcasts, you're going to get a skill of talking to random people. Like, that. that is helpful in and of itself down the line. Yeah. Like you, you get the skill to become friends with someone over 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, like, that. that's a powerful tool. I, yeah, it's it's networking in a nutshell. It's yep. like, oh, you know, this person will bring yeah, them yeah. on, or, and again, it keeps you on your toes. I've I've learned a lot, and I can feel myself. I I speak slower now when I'm not on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't really slur my words as much anymore. And then also, I've kind of started to delete filler words like like or you know and uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's these little, you know, um, how do I say? Just these little details about speaking that I think are going to be really useful. For you going forward so what do you th- what do you see yourself doing like once you're done with you know UT basketball where do you see yourself maybe in five ten years I don't know you ever thought about that I have thought about it it's uh you know I have a couple more years to play but I'm a senior so that's kind of the natural progression of damn what am I going <laughs> to do next year like I don't want to don't want to live with my parents um but I do get to play a couple more years at the university at but after basketball, um, I've been thinking possibly going into the military would be what I would do. Um, a nine to five would be really difficult for me to do. Um, and it would just, you know, I'm young. You can only be in the military. Well, you can be in the military whenever you want, but if I'm young. I might as well do it now. That would be a tremendous experience that I've got the rest of my life to work a nine to five. Yeah, and what are what are some of that? the draws to joining military is it because when I think of military and the similarities to a team there's a lot of similarities almost it's a camaraderie that you have you got to have great communication so what kind of draws you to thinking about the military maybe my draw for the military is I've always had the desire to serve I would have going out of high school if basketball hadn't taken off like it did so I've been thinking about it for a couple years and I, I just, I just want to serve any way I can. And it, it could change. Maybe I have a, you know, an epiphany, and it's not what I want to do anymore. <laughs> but I, ju- I just want to serve. I feel like I can help. If not me, who else? Kind of deal. Uh, and that's that's really it. I love that. And there's a huge theme I've been seeing across all the episodes. And what I keep hearing is. Um, find a way to be a service to others. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when I'm at my happiest, when I'm, I'm serving others. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree. And with, it's funny that you said that, because with the NIL deals that I've got working right now, a, a portion of every sale is going to go to charity. So I, that giving back to communities in Austin is the first thing I thought of when I, NIL came out. I was like, I could sell all this gear and then I can give some of that back just directly back and then yeah. help them the best I could so that's something I'm I'm the most excited for what, what does that provide for you that knowing like you're, you're helping others does that kind of fill your cup to continue going 
I've never thought about it like that. It's more that it's fun. It's fun, and some people need that money more. Like, mm. they just they just need it more. I think it could do more for other people's lives, and that's that's what kind of drives me to hopefully give back a bunch of money. I love that, man. I love that. Um, I kind of want to pivot. I, I know you're extremely busy. And you, we were talking about this even off the podcast, but you got a lot of classes, schoolwork. You, you got appearances you got to make, I'm sure, sometimes. And you're also a college athlete. What does your recovery look like? What are you doing to make sure you're taking care of your body? Or is it hard? Uh, it, it is difficult because, you know, you want to take care of your body, but then you've got to be a Zoom you've got to be on zoom in the cold tub at night doing other stuff or you've got to be in the boots, getting the massage all while on class. But you know, the physical, you're going to be tired during college basketball season. You try and do your best to uh, combat that. But I think the most important thing for a long season like basketball is, is mental. So when I mentally recover, I go to Lake Austin or I just try and find somewhere to be outside and just sit in the sun put some music on and then sit there for, I mean, I've, I've done that for 30 minutes all the way up to like three hours. Just wow. sitting there, just enjoying it. And especially with the weather, how it is now, I mean, it's beautiful out. It's prime time, maybe Carhartt shirt. It's getting there. Weather. It's getting there. I almost wore my Carhartt. I almost did. I grabbed the, I grabbed the wrong shirt. Where did you get this flannel, by the way? Uh, believe it or not. It, is it a thrift pickup? It is a thrift pickup. <laughs> it is a thrift pickup. You got a good eye. Um, so I wanted to ask you, do you practice like visualizing things when you're out there recovering, you're just sitting down? Like, are you envisioning your, yourself doing something successful? No, no. I try and be as in the moment as I mm. can. Um, for example, if I'm out at Zilker laying in the grass, like I'll feel every blade of grass touching me, the sun coming down on me, the sun, the wind blowing through my hair and just trying to appreciate like that moment in and of itself and just being connected to to having fun really and that's, I, that's how I have fun I love that it's it's staying extremely present and again mm -hmm. that's keeping your world small yeah. you know you may be stressed out with class or something but you're like I gotta disconnect a little bit and I gotta like re-ground um, I've also heard stories of athletes you know they envision themselves doing something so mm -hmm. do you ever find yourself doing that when you're trying to focus on you know hitting a game winning shot or, or or, you know, grabbing a rebound in a pivotal time, or is it kind of just like, I'm trying to be as in the moment as I can? As in the moment, because if you're, if you're thinking ahead, you know, you're susceptible to getting burned in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's three seconds ahead, that is a lifetime in basketball. Yes. So, and really, once you get going in the heat of the moment, you can only think about what you're doing right now, because the high level of basketball, you're trying your hardest, you got just different things to think about within that singular moment. Um, so you don't have time to think ahead. And if you do, like, I, I don't know anyone that, that's successful doing it that way just yeah. because you, you got to be in the moment. Yeah. You have to. I love that. So I wanted to ask you, what it's what's it like, you know, especially during basketball season, it gets tough. You're traveling a lot. Are you traveling by bus and plane sometimes? We, uh, we fly to the location and then we take a bus. So if we're going to Manhattan, Kansas, we'll fly in Manhattan and take a bus to the hotel. Oh, Kansas. so you'll even fly to Fort Worth? We will not fly to Fort Worth. Mm. Uh, we, f we drive to Fort Worth and Waco just because it takes the same amount of time. I mean, you got to drive out to the airport. you got to go through checks. you got to get your luggage on. Then you got to taxi, go down, taxi again, get everything off. So it's about the same mm -hmm. driving uh, to Fort Worth, and it's definitely faster going driving to Waco. Just driving to Waco. Yeah. And what's that process look like too when you get there, you know, you got a game either that day or the next night. What are you doing in the midst of that to kind of make sure you're still feeling fresh even though, man, I've been traveling and my legs are a little tired. What do you kind of do to mitigate just that feeling of travel? It, it's different for everyone. Um, for me, I like, I like to lift. So I just... For some reason, I think it helps my legs wake them up, not become dead. It won't be, you know, we're not maxing out. There'll be lunges, you know, body weight or light kettlebell squats and a lot of uh, flexibility, mobility workouts uh, is what I like to do. And then just keeping it loose, you know, you, in the college sports world, you can get caught up with being 
head down, tense all the time. That'll just wear you out. Sure. So all but, I mean, I, I keep it pretty loose all the way up until I'm at the bench getting checked in. Yeah. yeah. I like that. What would you say is something you've taken away from being a, a collegiate athlete, something that you're like, you're very prideful about that comes with the territory of being a college athlete? Just, it, it, it's a hard one to describe, but appreciating the work is the best way I can describe it. Because when I came into college, everyone, everyone has these lofty goals of being an impactful freshman or doing something right away. And it uh, didn't happen for me. I came in not in the best shape and just got hammered by these older guys that we had on the team. And then redshirt during the season, I was essentially a practice player for a year. Um, so that, that was difficult. And then moving into my sophomore year, same thing. Start the first game of the year and then don't play again until January or something. So that was unique to work through and I was a practice player again. And then at the end of my sophomore season, I got a chance mm. and just ran with it. So appreciating the work and not shying away from it. Yeah. Because there were times, what am I doing? I haven't played a game in 700 days. And you're not used to that. You come no. from Westlake where no. you're one of the guys yeah. that's a motor of a unit. And then you, what's that experience like? What's a What's going through your mind a lot of the time? Did you have to like sit down and just be humbled kind of? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh, that humbling experience was brutal. But I'm glad for it. I'm incredibly happy for it. I'm a better person because it didn't go my way. You know, sometimes I think, what would I be like if I came in and had the super impactful freshman year? I was like, I like who I am now. Like, how it didn't go my way, how I stuck with it day in, day out. It was hard. Some days I didn't want to do it, still went to practice, still got my ass kicked by the older guys for two years. Just, like, it's just a sigh of relief that I was able to work through it, and now I'm in a good position with yeah. the coaches, the university, how I've carved out time for myself on the team, and it's just, just working, just trusting that the universe will get you back somehow. Yeah. And so what does that look like, too? Can you see yourself now as an older guy on the team? Can you see yourself in those freshmen that come on and you're like, yeah, I used to be right there with you? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, every freshman has a similarity in that they think they're going to be super impactful their freshman year. <laughs> and the reality is there's a small group of guys, mostly NBA guys, that can come in and have that impact. So I remember uh, just talking to our freshmen this year and just telling them that, the season will be harder than they think, no matter what. I've seen lottery guys come in and have bad days where they just felt like they couldn't do anything right. Everyone has those days. But just telling our young guys that keep working, y'all are good players, you're on an old team, an experienced team, so it might not happen right away, but if y'all trust it, the work will take care of itself. Yeah, I kind of think of a you know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type yeah. of thing where – you know, you might want to get out there, but maybe the best thing for you is to take a seat and learn because if I'm trying to do so much for the team, I'm forcing it a little bit, especially not knowing the environment and knowing the way things work. But if I can kind of remove myself and, and watch, again, those nuances of the game and pick up on things, then you're going to be a lot better in that year two and year three and going forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a popular thing now with the NFL because Patrick Mahomes did it too. Mm -hmm. Did Jalen Hurts do it too? Jalen Jalen Hurts did a little bit. He was more just like in a battle for it because okay. Carson Wentz is oh yeah doo doo yeah. I won't ever have him on the podcast probably, so <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of. I mean, and that's how it used to be with college basketball and college sports. Is you you got there as a freshman, probably didn't play much unless you were freaky, <laughs> and then you sat behind the older guys. You learned by your sophomore year, hopefully by your junior year. You, you know, we're able to play good minutes and contribute. It's I I attribute a lot of things being different now just because of social media. I, I think, you know, hype videos and things like that, it just adds to like, hey, this guy should be in because his Instagram videos and yeah. stuff like that. 
Um, I got a couple more questions for you. What does it mean to you to be a Texas Longhorn? It, it, it's hard to describe what it means to means to me. It's easier to describe what it feels. And it's mm-hmm. unbelievable pride. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday I was at the football game with my friends just having fun. And I mean, I loved it. The weather was amazing. Literally in that moment, I was having one of the best times of my life. I'm surrounded by people that I love. They love me. And just fun. And then transitioning over to the basketball side, not a lot of people get to put on you know, the burnt orange and the white. Yeah. So that in and of itself is something that each time I sit at uniform, I go, damn, that looks good. Every time we're walking in the locker room for a game, like those jerseys look sharp. <laughs> so it's just, I love, I love every bit of it. My time here has had its ups and downs, but I've loved every moment of it. Walking past the tower every day, I look up and I'm like, that's sick. Yeah. That's sick. I, I'm, a Longhorn at the University of Texas. Every day, I'm grateful for it. wouldn't Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I was thinking about it on the way over here. It's like I'm driving East Austin to my buddy's house. Yeah, you know, I'll practice later, and it's just it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, I love every moment of it. I love that, and I, I again, I love that you say that. And then throughout this podcast, you've been like, I'm very present though. So that coupled, you know, that's true pride showing in every single moment. I'm proud to be, you know, a Texas Longhorn. So I love that. And so I wanted to ask you, again, you mentioned you're going to have your own podcast soon coming up. Can we expect maybe in a couple weeks? Do you know? Again, it's just kind of free-flowing for you? Yeah, it's free-flowing. Um, probably should have gotten on it a little earlier. But we'll just uh, we'll try and work it in. We're in preseason practice, and the number one thing is basketball. So maybe this turns into my hobby that makes me happy. It's a way for me to mentally recover. Um, but definitely, hopefully in the next couple months and after the season, it'll, it'll really kick up just when we have more time. And yeah. the main thing is basketball. If we play well, more people want to listen. If we yeah. don't, you know, we're you lucky know, to get a few, this, few listeners. This might be the perfect storm then of you kind of cultivating that following this season. And then when you win that natty, then you can be like, hey, y'all, I'm coming out with glue guy experience. So I wanted to ask you, who would be your top sponsor or two if somebody was like Brock? We love you, and we want to support the podcast. We want to throw our merch or whatever to you. Who would those companies be? That's a good question. It's it's tough because it would have to be, and you know, I've been thinking about this question. It would have to be companies or brands that I associate with that are into the same stuff as me, is mm. giving back. You know, very nature oriented. Just. A, a brand that I can align myself with would be the biggest thing. There isn't one that I'd be like, oh man, I need that one just because it's cool. It, would, it could be a brand that I've never heard of, but if they're about the stuff I'm about and they're, they want to be all in with me, then that would be the right brand. Yeah, I could definitely see maybe like Kamek, which is the Austin-based hammock company being yeah, like Brock. Exactly. We want our, our stuff on your podcast. So. Exactly. My last question is, and I ask every guest this, what inspires you, whether it's something in your work or something you see in the community that you're like, wow, like I'm lit up seeing that. I want to start to emulate myself after that. So what inspires you? What inspires me? That's a good question. It's, I guess it's not something someone thinks about. I guess what inspires me? Just... What inspires me? Just trying to be the best person I can be. It's super cliche, but down the road, I want to have experiences and you know life moments that sculpt me into a person that I can be proud of. So being able to hang my hat on what I've done in my life and just being able to have a confidence and a trust in that what I've done was hard. I got, you know, I got through it. I thrived and just tried to be my best, my best version of myself would be my, uh, you know, what, uh, what drives me. I love that. I love hearing that. Brock, thanks for coming on, man. I'm, I'm extremely proud of you and, and just seeing your growth and forever thankful to APA and, and all that for introducing me to you. Uh, would, I got to have you on at some other point, man. Yeah, no, I would love to. I'll, 
I'll have you on. We can do a little table tennis with our (laughs) podcast. You come on, I come on, you come on. I love that, man. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Ghana's Podcast with Brock Cunningham.